Just want to welcome you to our carol service. If it is your first time here, my name's Gareth. I'm the senior leader here with my wife, Hannah. She can't be here tonight. Um, we've got a seven-week-old daughter, so she's at home uh, with her. But I just want to give you a huge, warm welcome. If you're watching online, again, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you've been made to feel welcome, and I hope you've enjoyed your time with us so far. We're not done yet. We've still got a few more carols to sing. But I just want to take a few moments, because as a church, we're actually in the middle of a message series, or actually coming to the end of a message series, with the fourth message tonight, looking at some names that, are, that Isaiah gave to Jesus. And if you've been with us through the whole carol service, you probably would have picked up these names because a man called Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, said that there would be a child born and these would be the titles that he would be given. He says that Jesus would be a wonderful counselor. He, and that means he's a counselor that's wonderful. And he's wonderful because he knows everything about you. He knows everything about us. He knows your issues. He knows your secrets. He knows your problems. He knows your hurts. And he knows how to counsel you through them. So he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's the God that created heaven and earth, but still chose to live on earth with us and in us. He's an everlasting father. He's a father that loves us, a father that forgives us, a father that provides for us, and a father that protects us. And I want to wrap up the series this morning by looking at this last title, Prince of Peace. And I don't know about you, but watching the news over the last few days, I'd love some peace. I would love some peace right now. We have a seven-week-old girl. I would love some peace. I'm joking, she is, she is gorgeous, but, but you know, with, with everything going on, there's just this cry I, I really sense in the world where the world is saying, God, give me a break. God, I just want some peace, and I know for some of you here tonight, this hasn't been an easy year, and you may have said over the year, God, I would love some peace. For some of us, this might be a difficult Christmas. The first Christmas, maybe without a loved one, and you're feeling that kind of sense of loss, and you're saying, I just, I just love some peace. And I don't know about you, but I think it's always been God's intention for us to have peace. I think it's in the plans of God that we have peace. And actually, not just peace, I think that God actually wants us to have more. I think God wants us to have joy. I think God intended us to have joy. It's interesting when you read the Christmas narrative, you get the shepherds out on the hillsides, the angels come along and they say this, I bring you what? Good news of great joy. Now who's that joy for? All the people. That joy's for everyone. That good news of great joy is for everyone. I think God intended us to live lives that are full of joy. And actually, in a time when life isn't very joyful, let's be honest... I think God still, still says, I want you to have joy. And in this world, you know what? We're more stressed, we're more anxious, we're more hurried. And what we need is peace. And the Bible says that joy and peace go hand in hand. So I would suggest that to get joy, we need to find peace first. And Jesus said several times in his ministry, peace be with you. And when we look at who Jesus was and we look at why he came, we look that actually he came to bring peace. We see that the baby in a manger, we see a baby that came to bring peace. And when we look outside and see a world that's spinning in, in turmoil, we, we can read stories of Jesus who fell asleep on a boat in the middle of a storm. How could Jesus sleep on a boat in the middle of the storm? Because he was the prince of peace. 
Now, while Jesus slept, and I want to be clear on this, Jesus slept, that storm still happened. Everyone else felt the storm. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus didn't take the storm away. I don't know if you noticed that. He calmed it. But in the initial phase, he didn't take that storm away. In fact, Jesus says, in this world, you'll have trouble. Happy Christmas, everyone. Jesus guarantees you will have trouble. But he also says, I give you my peace. Isaiah said this, that Jesus is a prince of peace. And if you read the Hebrew, the Hebrew language describes it this way. That word prince is the Hebrew word sar. And, and it, means, it means prince, but it also means captain or commander or, or leader or chief. And then we get peace, which is a word you may have heard. It's that word shalom. And, and we translate it as peace, but it also means ease or, or, or to be well or actually to be safe. And when you put those two words together, you see a leader that, that provides complete ease, a place of rest, a place of safety. How amazing is that? That in, that in this one name, we get a leader that's different to any human ruler we have ever seen on earth. And I want to suggest tonight in the next few minutes that I've got with you that he brings peace in three different uh, distinct ways. And the first way is this, that, that Jesus came to help us find peace with God. Jesus came to help us find peace with God. And, and I don't know if you know this, but the Bible says that once we were God's enemies. And that, that might sound harsh, but, but the thing about God is, is God is all or nothing. You're either with God or you're not. That's just the way things is. And that there can't be a half measure with God because if there were half measures, he wouldn't be God. He'd just be kind of an ethereal, multiple shades of gray being. But God says, no, you're either with me or you're not. So it, it sounds harsh to say we're enemies, but what, is, what God's saying is, listen, you weren't all in. You weren't all for me. But then the Bible says this, if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him. How through the death of his son and how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved. Paul says it this way, through him, that's Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Paul says again that when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Do you know what? We were in a mess. We were in a right mess. And Jesus came and he, and he saved us. And it wasn't because we earned it. It wasn't because we did anything to kind of deserve it. It was just because God loved us. And in his mercy, he, he wiped away every wrong thing we'd ever done, every wrong thing we'd ever thought, every wrong thing we'd ever said. Now, now notice in that order, it's in this order. God didn't make us right and then save us. And some of us maybe get a little bit confused there. We think, you know what? I've got to be good for God to love me. No, that's not true. In Romans, Paul says this, that while we were still sinners, God demonstrates his love for us. He didn't just tell you he loved you. Actually, he showed you he loved you by sending Jesus to die on a cross for everything that you and I did. And it wasn't after we asked for forgiveness. It wasn't suddenly God said, you know what? They've asked so many times. I think they're good enough. Now I'll send Jesus. He says this, while we were still sinners. Now, please don't be offended by that word sinners. It just means you were going in the wrong direction. That's what sinners, well, that's what it means. And it says this, while we were still sinners, while we were still going in the wrong direction, can I tell you, you don't have to be good to be saved. You don't have to be good to be saved. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people live again. Yeah. 
That's the gospel. You don't have to be good. You allow God, we call it reviving your heart. You allow God to revive your heart and then he'll do a work in your life. And that's for us is the first step on a spiritual journey. God wants you to know the peace that's found in a relationship with him. He doesn't want you just to come in and sing songs and clap and have a kind of holy moment. God's not, God's not interested in religion. He's interested in relationship. God wants a relationship with us. And David says this, that the, the, when you're in relationship with God, in his presence is fullness of joy. That when you're in relationship with God, you, you, you get access to his presence. And that brings peace. And from that peace brings joy. Now, now once you find peace with God, then you can kind of move on to the next step. And that's finding peace with yourself. Now, what do I mean? By that, you know, quite simply, some of us can be at war with ourselves. Maybe it's a past hurt. Maybe it's a, a habit. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a regret. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's disappointment. You know, one, one way of describing it is if there was something that, that, that's in your life, if, if you could be free of it, your life would be better. Now, I'm not talking about an annoying neighbor. Okay, I'm not talking about that co-worker that if you could be free of, your life would be better. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that thing that's kind of buried in your life, that if you could get rid of it, then your life would be better. Well, Peter says this, so what a God we have. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. And we have what? Everything to live for. Everything to live for. Jesus said himself, I came to give you life. And life to the full. I came to give you joy. So how do, we, how do we get that? Well, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And you might be looking at me thinking, hang on, what are you talking about? My eyes aren't in my heart. My eyes are in my head. That's how I see. My eyes are in my head. Well, actually, Paul says this. Actually, they're on your heart because every one of us looks at things based on what's happened to us. Every one of us looks at different situations and sees them based on our own experiences. How you see things is influenced by your past. It's influenced by your problems. It's influenced by other people. And everything gets filtered through that lens. And it's like a, a, a kind of filter on your heart. And Paul says, listen, get, get rid of that. Get rid of that filter because you can't see your tomorrow if your eyes are gunked up with your yesterday. You can't see what's ahead if you're too busy looking back. And as a church, part of our vision is to help you break free of your past, help you connect with a group of people that will do life with you, that will come alongside you and actually help you grow. You know, James says this, and sometimes we get confused with this. James says this, confess your sins. Now, he doesn't say confess your sins to God. God knows. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so you may be healed. And we want to help you as a church. Just get into a, a group of people that you can trust and you can open up about your life. And when you open up about your life, they're not going to go, ooh, really? <laughs> They'll go, oh, you too. I struggle with that as well. Let's journey this. Together, I, I, I thought I was the only one. Do you know what God's plan for you is to get over your addictions? It's to get over your habits. It's to get over your problems. It's to get over your hurts and your past. That, that part of your life, if you knew 
it wouldn't be there, then your life would be better. Now, the best way to do that is in relationship with people. The best way to do it is to do it together. And, and you may need something more specific. There are, there are wonderful counselors and professionals who can help you. And we, we've got, as a church, a range of courses and a range of signposting. We can help you. But, but, but this is the key thing is God wants, you, God wants you to find peace with yourself. Paul says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience what? God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. There's a peace that you just don't understand. How can I be so peaceful when all this is going on? It's because I've got God and I've got the Prince of Peace. So you can find peace with God. You can find peace with yourself. And then finally, you can find peace in finding purpose. You know, Paul says that, that he wants us to have our hearts enlightened so that we know the hope that he's called us to. Can I tell you that this evening that every single one of you, whether you're five years old or 95 years old, you have a calling. There's a plan for your life. But some of us can't see it because we're looking at life through that blocked filter. And when we get rid of that filter, we see that God has a plan for our life. And, and hope and joy is always connected to calling. I, I'm convinced the greatest hope you can have is when you know why you're here. Do you know this secular sociologist, this is not a, a Christian thing, this is secular sociologist, nothing to do with God. They've discovered the happiest people in the world are people who go to bed knowing they made a difference. That's scientific fact. They've, they've done the research and they've said the happiest people in the world are people who go to bed that, that just know why they're here. There's been a study that says this, that, that when you're generous, actually it releases endorphins inside you and it just makes you feel better. Do you know what God did that? God designed you in such a way that, that when you're generous, it affects your whole body. That our bodies are designed to react and respond when we make a difference in someone else's life. The Bible says this, that we all have different gifts. Every single one of us in this room has a different gift, has a different ability according to the grace given to each of us. And it's there because actually God put it there for us to use. Peter says this, you should use that gift. How to serve, why, sorry, why to serve others? Use that gift to serve others as stewards of God's grace. You know, when, when, when you're serving others, you're stewarding what God has given you by his grace. And, and, and maybe you don't know what your gift is. Maybe you don't know what your kind of ability is. And maybe you need to go on a journey to discover those gifts, discover the things God's put in you. And we'd love to give you again as a church the opportunity. We have ways and, and, and different things that we do to help people discover their purpose. But I, can I tell you, you can't do that unless you get free of your past. And you can't really break free of your past. You can't deal with your tomorrow, or sorry, you can't deal with your yesterday until you've found peace with God. You can't find that freedom from your yesterday until you've found peace with God. And, and I, I want to say that because I know it because some people have tried it. And they're still exactly where they are. But Jesus said this, who the sun sets free is free indeed. We call it as a church, we call it having our hearts revived. 
It's just a phrase that we use as part of our vision statement. It's having our heart revived in God. It says in the Bible that God planted eternity in the human heart. There's something of heaven, something of God that is in our heart, and we've allowed it to die. But what we say is, okay, God, I want you to come into my life to revive my heart. And all you need to do for that and to get that peace is just say, yes. Yes, God, accept what God's done for you and, and take that first step on your journey. I'm going to invite the band back up to join us. And that, that's, that's why our vision statement is in that order. Our vision statement, if you've been around the church long enough, it's three phrases. Revive hearts. Get your heart right with God. Allow God into your heart. Find peace with God. It's, then it says restore hope. Get free of your past. Get free of your problems. Get free of your hurts. Anything that's holding you back, find peace with yourself and then it says rebuild lives go and do what it is God's called you to do go and change lives as you go find your peace in finding purpose and you might be thinking okay well what have I got to do how do I find peace and I want to tell you the good news nothing it's already done it is already done there is nothing you can do you just have to say Yes. But some of us have lived our lives maybe thinking, do you know what? I don't need I can do it on my own. I can manage. I've gone this far. God, I don't need you. And we're still in the same place. And nothing changes. And we're still restless. And we're still stuck. And we can't move on. You know, Jesus says this, until now, You've not asked for anything. But if you ask, you'll receive. And your joy will be complete. If you want peace with God, if you want the peace that, that, that brings peace with yourself, you just need to ask. Wherever you are and however you feel about God, or even however you feel about yourself, can I tell you your one heartfelt prayer away from your life changing? And I want us to respond in, in a different way. And this is unusual for our church, I'll be honest with you. But on your seats, we've given you a booklet. It's our gift to you. It's free. You can take it with you. But, but I want you just, it, for these few moments, go with me and just turn to page 24. And on page 24, there's a prayer that I'd love us to pray together. And I'll give you a moment to just scan through the words. But when you read it through it, it's a prayer of peace. It's a prayer of peace with God, accepting that Jesus died so we could live. It's a prayer of peace with ourselves, asking God to forgive us from our past. It's a prayer of peace in purpose where we ask God to come and live inside us, guiding us, counseling us. And you may have prayed this prayer a hundred times. Or maybe this evening is the first time you've prayed it. But I want to encourage us to pray this prayer together. You can pray this out loud. You can pray this just quietly. We just say, okay, God, I, I need peace. 
I need that peace in my heart. I need that peace in my life. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and be set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I just want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, if you maybe prayed it for the first time, if you said, okay, God, I I need that peace. On your chairs, we've put some cards. We'd love you just to to fill in your details. Uh, We've got a no-hassle guarantee. We won't hound you down. But we just want to get in touch with you. If you prayed that prayer, you meant it, and you said, okay, God, I need that peace, then then we want to start that journey with you and walk you through that. So we just encourage you. The band are going to lead us. I'm going to invite us to just stay sat, just to give you a moment to respond. If you need to fill in that card, just fill it in, and we can pop it in the bucket at the back. But if you prayed that prayer and you said, okay, God, I need that peace. I need my life to change. Can I just encourage you to fill in that card? If you need more time, take the book away. Take a card with you. Get in touch with us another way. There's no, there's no rush on this. I never want to rush this moment or this decision. I never want people to feel pressured into it. It's always an offer and an opportunity to say, God, give me your peace. So I'll give you a moment to fill in your card and the band will lead us. <laughs>